Proverbs chapter 13. Um, we've been in this chapter a lot longer than I thought. I mentioned in one of the early Bible studies of, the, or studies of this chapter how that several different characters are mentioned here. In verse number one, the scorner. Verse number four, the sluggard and the diligent. In verse number four, verse 15, the transgressor. The way of transgressors is hard. Tonight we're going to look at verse 16 and sort of let it launch us into a study of how a fool displays their foolishness. Proverbs 13, 16, notice the Bible says, every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A fool layeth open his folly. One writer put it this way, a fool is one who sacrifices things of value to ends that have no value. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. put it a little more succinctly when he challenged students, don't sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. As you read the book of Proverbs, the fool is a main character. Though it is not a narrative, it is wisdom literature, you find the fool mentioned repeatedly and always shown forth as the antagonist or the antithesis of the wise. The fool is making wrong choices. Those choices eventually lead to judgment or destruction, just as certainly as the wise who make those wise choices uh, live a life that leads to blessing. There are many warnings found in Proverbs regarding the foolish, but I'll just mention a couple here. Uh, the fools do not listen to instruction uh, or listen to those who are wise. If you look back in chapter 12, in verse 15, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. So a fool isn't going to listen. No, I'm not interested. But the wise listens to counsel. Proverbs 23, 22 says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. And obviously for a child, before they launch out into their adult years, uh, the, the major protection for them and the major avenue of God's grace and wisdom, if they come from a Christian home, is their parents. Uh, another warning is found in, here in chapter 13 and verse number 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So you want to put it into uh, 2022 vernacular, you would say, if you want to avoid trouble, don't spend time with a fool. He that walketh with fools shall be destroyed, the Bible says. Now, another warning, fools will ultimately, chapter 10, verse 8 says, be destroyed. Uh, though they will fail, verse 21 of chapter 10, and ultimately they face a life of shame. So there are four different Hebrew words that are translated fool. We're not going to look at all four of them. I'm going to briefly describe one, but the main one that is from chapter 13, verse 16, is where we're going to look tonight. There is one type of fool found in Proverbs that is also called the simple. 
This is the naive fool. Uh, they, the, the word literally means open or spacious. So it has that uh, idea of being open to just about anything. They're easily swayed. They're, they're easily influenced. They don't have the discernment to see this is a dangerous path. This might not be a wise idea. Uh, this would be somebody who is a regular uh, top 10 winner of the Darwin Awards, okay? They're easily talked into doing stupid things that cause great harm. Why do we laugh when we see people get hurt? I don't know. My wife cringes and I laugh. I guess that's the difference. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Proverbs 22, verse 3, a prudent man foreseeth the evil, hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And most of the time, the consequences of being simple, our life is not easy, you, you, things don't go well, but there are some very serious effects to somebody who is simple or naive or easily swayed. Proverbs 7 is a chapter that warns about the immoral woman. And it says in verse 7, a prudent man foreseeth the evil. Oop, nope, that's not the right verse. Let me, let me turn back here and read it. It says, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. So the simple is not beyond hope. And they're not beyond help. They can choose to learn from the wise. They can choose to apply the principles of scripture. They can choose to walk with wise men and learn from them. But if they reject that and refuse that wisdom, the Bible says they go on in their folly and it brings shame. Proverbs 14, 18 says, the simple inherit folly but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. That word inherit is just like you would imagine. An inheritance is simple inherit folly. In other words, they receive it as a permanent possession. Now, I've never had anybody bequeath something to me when they passed, but obviously logic says if that happens, it moves from their possession to your possession. And so what it says there in Proverbs 14, 16 is this simple inherit folly. It becomes their permanent possession if they don't develop prudence. So that's just a simple overview of the simple fool. But Proverbs 13, 16 is not talking about a simple fool. This word is a word that speaks not of simplicity, but of overwhelming self-confidence. This word for fool is found 50 times in the wisdom portions of scripture, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 2.13 says, then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. The root of this word for fool means thick. The idea meaning they are thick-headed, they are obstinate, they are resistant to instruction or being taught or being helped. 
They are thick. And the implication of the word is not that they had no choice in the matter. In other words, it's not an inherited situation. It is a self-directed or chosen situation. So let's look at our verse again and look at the uh, contrast and then focus in on this fool. It says, every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. So you've got that antithesis. You've got that contrasting parallelism that is very common. And the contrast is between the wise person that demonstrates her wisdom and cautious prudence. They want to check it out. They want to make certain it's true. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go on until somebody tells me it's wrong. I want to, rather than just check my life by those warning signs of that which is wrong, I want my life to be guided by that which is right. The, the wise are prudent. They'll study. They're teachable. Uh, they want to make the best decisions. They, they, because of that willingness to learn, they, they start to learn from others and by observation, the dangers, the pitfalls. And so they're cautious. And so it's wise to be cautious, to be prudent, to uh, make certain that you're not foolishly launching into the deep or launching into the dark, hoping it all turns out okay. While the foolish demonstrate their folly like a peddler would demonstrate their wares. You know, going around the world, uh, you go to undeveloped countries, you go to the market to purchase things. And uh, some places, I mean, it's uh, Ivory Coast, I remember particularly, you go down to the market and it is this maze of all these little kiosks and you can buy everything there and probably most of it's illegal or stolen or who knows. But it, I mean, it's all there, but what do they do? They lay out their wares and they try to entice. And once they get you into their little shop, forget it. You're not getting out without buying something, you know, that's just the way it is. And, and he says, the fool is like that. They display their foolishness for everybody to see. There's no denying it. You can, you can, it's on display. It's on public display. The words layeth open there, when it says layeth open is folly, it is demonstrating that. So what about this fool? What can we learn from Proverbs about this self-confident fool? Well, turn back to chapter one. We're just going to quickly breeze through an overview of five main characteristics of this fool. Chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 29. The Bible says, For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. The first thing that we see about them is they have no fear of God. Verse 29, they did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now we've talked about the fear of the Lord many times. It is not a quaking, a quivering, hiding 
because God's going to smack you with the baseball bat, but it is understanding who God is in his greatness and his glory and willingly submitting and joyfully uh, being in submission to him. If God is not central focus in your view of life, you don't have the fear of the Lord. This thick-headed fool is described that way. They do not have the fear of the Lord. Secondly, turn to chapter 10. Proverbs 10, look at verse number 23. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. The second characteristic we see about this fool is they like trouble. They like to cause trouble. It's like a game to them. It's sport to them to do mischief. I began, you know, just thinking about my days, I was never somebody who liked to get in trouble because when I got in trouble in school, I got in trouble again at home, you know, sort of like double indemnity. It was not a fun life, you know? And so I'd like, I, 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 I'm not saying I was always what I ought to be, but I used to be amazed at kids in school who seemed to always be in trouble. And I thought, one thing I know, their dad's not like my dad, yeah, you know? They just sort of enjoy. They like to irritate the teacher. They like to stir up a ruckus. And that is what is used here to describe this thick-headed, hard-hearted fool. They're self-confident. Hey, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm just going to stir things up. Thirdly, go to our chapter where our text is, chapter 13, and look down at verse 19. 1319, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. Not only do they like to stir up trouble, they're not going to stop being in trouble. They, they, they're just always there. They are regularly involved in wrong. Verse 20 goes on to say, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Yeah, you know, I, I read the news. I keep up with what's going on a bit and with the sadness of what's going on down the United States and mass shootings and so on and all kinds of, uh, of uh, people are speaking out about gun control and all of that. I, I don't know if this man saved or not, but I think he had the wisest answer to the problem. He said, our problem is parents are not parenting. If parents would parent and discipline their children so they learn to be law abiding and respect authority, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. And why, why are young people doing it? I, I understand the mental health issues and the catastrophe from that, but the point I'm making is this kind of fool, scripture is very blunt. It's, not, it's trying, not trying to polish it up, not trying to make it look nice. It said they just are regularly involved in that which is wrong. Look down in chapter 14 and verse number 16, the fourth description of this fool. A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. 
you could describe this fool as being cocky or proud of their foolishness. Sadly, they don't desire God's wisdom. In fact, chapter 17, verse 16 says, Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart to it? What is Solomon saying there? The Holy Spirit had him record for us that even if a fool had the money to where he could purchase wisdom, he doesn't want wisdom. He wouldn't, if, if the money was in his hand, it cost him nothing. He just had to pay it over and he would be wise and be out of trouble. No, he's so arrogant, he's so self-confident, he's so self-focused, he wouldn't do it. Proverbs 18, 2, a fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. I don't know that I, I, it's fair or right for me to judge anybody's heart, but those years I was in Bible college working at a steel foundry 48 hours a week, I think I saw some of these guys. I could give you their names. Just how they responded to authority how they reacted, how they talked, their attitude about themselves, how they bragged about their sin, how they, how they took some kind of pleasure in that. And as a 19-year-old kid who'd never worked in a factory, 18, 19, I used to look at them and shake my head and walk out and say, I don't understand why you're thinking that's cool, why you think that's fun. No, this is, this is a sad demonstration of the person who has said no to God. And fifthly, look at chapter 15. And verse number two. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of, the, of fools poureth out foolishness. Turn over to chapter 29. Well, look at chapter 18 first. We're on our way there. Chapter 18 and verse number six. A fool's mouth, a fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. Now turn to chapter 29 and verse number 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. I just got really blunt here. A fool is mouthy. I wonder how many serious issues all started with speech. Now, Sunday night, we looked James 3 at our tongue, our speech and how a believer is to handle it differently. But look at the world. How many arguments, how many fights, how many uh, defaming things all begin with this speech. And the Bible says that the fool is mouthy. Their mouth is, their lips enter into contention. Their lips are a snare to the soul. They always talk, they never listen. They're, they're, Mouth uttereth all their mind. By the way, I would suggest they can't afford to do that. You know, the Bible talks about how in 
with wise people you, you, and in counseling, how you draw it out of them like pulling water out of a well. This person, you don't have to. He spews it all out there. And he really has nothing to offer. So the question is, is there any hope for this person? The self-confident fool. I will tell you that if you follow through all the times that this word for fool is used, it's not very hopeful. Obviously, God can reach any heart. And God's grace is sufficient. But they have to choose to respond to that prompting of the Holy Spirit. Let me share a couple verses that indicate how difficult it is. Proverbs 26.3 says, A whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass, and a rod for the fool's back. That's what it takes to get their attention. You know, it's like the old farmer trying to sell this mule, and he said he was worked hard, would work all day long, and guy came along, and they bartered, and the selling price was established. He purchased the mule, took it home. The next day, was brought the mule back to the farmer. He said, I thought you said this mule was responsive and worked hard all day long. I can't get it to do anything. The seller walked around to the front of the mule, and he picked up a limb of a tree that was nearby that was pretty stout and he cracked that mule right between the ears and then he spoke gently to it and it responded right away to every response. He said, well, the mule works well. You just got to get his attention. That's what God is saying here in Proverbs 26. You know, it's a rod for the fool's back. It's not going to be easier. Proverbs 17, 10, a reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. And often, sadly, this individual brings trouble not only to themselves, but grief to their parents. Proverbs 19:13, a foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. That word calamity is the idea of mischief or an event that is connected to mischief. So we go back to our text and we see that, yes, there are great warnings about this thick-headed fool. They lay open their folly, but the encouragement is to be a prudent person, to demonstrate wisdom, to gain the knowledge, to walk with wise men, to learn the way of wisdom, to have the fear of God, to live a life of prudence. Be thoughtful in your actions. Not while you don't want to be the arrogant, hard-hearted, self-conceited, self-confident fool. Now, the other two words for fool, I'll just tell you about them and we'll be finished. There's one even worse than this, unfortunately. They're not just self-confident, they're obstinate. They're obstinate. They, they not only 
choose not to learn, but they reject and react against those who try to teach them wisdom. He is right, and he's happy to tell you that he's right, and nobody else is right. That's the obstinate fool. And then the last one is the scorner. Who's the scorner? Well, scorners laugh at sin. They make a joke about sin. They mock at sin. So none of the words are positive. None of them are something that we should desire. For those of you who are parents, that's why you need to work diligently at rearing your children in the admonition of the Lord that they would see the benefits of wisdom and not listen to the siren song of the fool, that they be wise, that they not be simple, that they not be arrogant and self-confident, that they not become obstinate, and certainly that they're not a scorner. And God's grace is sufficient. God will enable you, but don't assume anything. This is why the, the influx and the inputting of the truth of the word of God, so the Holy Spirit has plenty to work with that they grow to be people of wisdom who honor God with their lives. Fools, everybody can see it. They display their foolishness like a merchant displaying their wares. But the prudent, they learn, they observe. They're not so quick to react because they want to make certain that they're cautiously obedient and following the path of God because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord.